Welcome to the From the Stands podcast. We have a special episode today, uh, recapping the playoffs, previewing the championship. Um, as always, Clint and Jacob with us. We do have a special guest today, um, our resident uh, Michigan fan. I think I only know two Michigan fans in the entire state of South Carolina. Austin is one of them. Austin, welcome to the podcast. Appreciate you uh, joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, this, this should be good. Um, I uh, told Austin that, and he also saw, actually, he saw it before I think I said anything about the fact that we all picked Alabama to win. Um, he specifically saw my clip about the double digit thing, so he's probably got some shit to get off his chest. I, <laughs> I would imagine. Um, but real quick, um, before we get into that, Jacob, I'm sure you're pumped. Clemson Tigers had a had a big win over Kentucky. Honestly, I didn't watch a lot of bowl games, but I think a lot of people would say the mo- the most exciting bowl game probably there was um, as far as um, just action-packed fourth quarter. Lots of scoring back and forth. How do you feel getting getting that ninth one of the year? I'm sure Dabo made some crazy stats. Only the third team behind Bama and Georgia win nine games 10 years in a row. Some yada yada. Sorry, I'm still mad at him. Um, but for real, <laughs> how's it feel? How's it feel winning the last game of the year? Kind of. Well, uh, it was awesome, and and happy New Year, guys! Uh, first happy episode year. of the year. year. Um, yes, sir. Yes, sir. But uh, yes, as a Clemson fan, dude, it was it was awesome. Um, I was not expecting it to be this close of a game. Like this, truly was like you said, an exciting game. It was back and forth, and the score reflected that. Um, with Clemson winning thirty eight to thirty five, and I like because this Kentucky team didn't, you know, really scare me all that much because I thought we would handle them better than this but they luckily had everybody uh playing pretty much um they had just maybe a few little transfers but uh Devin Leary was there and Ray Davis was there um and they played pretty well uh you know obviously Clemson had a lot of missing pieces on that defense um but I'm not gonna use that as an excuse as to why the game was close because they we had you know a month to prepare for it um but still, this was like you, like you saying, it was an awesome game to watch. That fourth quarter was just amazing. It was a uh, twenty-one to ten going into that fourth quarter, and it ended up we ended up scoring four touchdowns, made it twenty-eight, uh, twenty-eight points in that fourth quarter, and they scored fourteen. So um, that's a hell of a way to finish. And our boy Phil Moffa, man, like Shipley went down there, and Shipley just wasn't running that well in the game. Um, I don't know what was going on and but luckily he I think he hurt his ankle but luckily he doesn't need any kind of surgery I know it's the off season but um, no no structural damage or anything so that's good news for him um, he's still got to make a big decision this off season but uh, yeah our boy Phil Moffa went off only 11 carries but for 71 yards and four touchdowns um, that's just an awesome performance out of him and uh, yeah I mean I'm just so happy like you said that Clemson won a bowl game um, like you said, we got to, I don't know what the exact stat, stat is, but Dabo said it in, in his post game interview and, uh, with nine wins and everything. And I know that just pisses you off. Like he, he I didn't see he it. Does throw I'm the assuming. So I'm, I'm going to know at least I'm right on one thing. <laughs> you guys get mad. There's yeah, only three no, teams no. in history that have won nine games in a row. 10 years in a row, <laughs> nine games. He's, he's yeah. always blasting his own resume. Like he's, he's he always is, on a job interview. Like Jesus he Christ, is. man. He is. Which, he's got a good resume. But so it was I a great way. Can't, be, can't, be uh, true. Well, right, right. Glad you guys but, got uh, the win. Yeah, we don't have to talk too much more about this. I mean, it was, yeah, just a big win for us and uh, got some positive momentum going into the offseason. 
Yeah, no, that, that always helps, man. Uh, the the other big thing that we didn't really touch on for the bowl game is that the fact that you got recruits that uh, come on campus, they can actually practice. So you're talking three, four weeks of practice for some, you know, the class of 20, 24 recruits. So that's, that, that's, that's some helpful experience before they get into the spring ball. So anytime you can, obviously they're not playing in the game, but you get those four, five, six weeks extra practice, get some new guys in, some playing time, obviously with transfers and people going to the draft. It's always, always good for the program. Um, but yeah, let's... uh. Let's let's get right into it. As far as the the games go, man, we we talked about how um, I say we. I think the the media in general talks about how you know the uh, the these games are always mismatches. Or we we don't need a you know a, a group of five team in. They're gonna get blown out, even though we've seen plenty of blowouts from Power Five, yada yada. And this I would say the closest games we've had in the history of the fourteen playoff. Of course, as it it goes out, same as the Pac twelve, we have the best year we've had excitement wise with with this game so um clint i just want to get your take on this me and you were under the same kind of feeling that there's a possibility alabama could win by 10 points obviously look at the way it ended you know like you might think we're crazy but there was a time there at the end alabama's up seven they have the ball they're driving i think i don't know if that was the one when milro fumbled it or maybe they just lent, lent to a, or ended in a punt but there was a chance where I thought they were going to do that. And, and given the, the first half and how dominant Michigan looked in the O-line, that surprised me there at the end. And I was like, okay, this is going to be the Alabama of old. They're going to go and win that game. At what point, let, let me just get your like third quarter going to the fourth. Were you like, even though they weren't winning yet, were you, were you confident Bama was going to pull that one out? Or like just, just that, give me that like end of the third into the fourth quarter mindset. I mean, <clears throat> kind of like what you were just saying. It, I, so not even that, like going into the second half, I was like, okay, it, it was a close first half, whatever. Michigan actually looked like the better team. And I was like, well, Bama's about to do what they do 95% of the time. They're going to make halftime adjustments and score, you know, 21 points, you know, whatever, 28 points and kind of pull away. And when, like you were talking about, the, they were up seven. I was like, okay, this is like where where it starts. Like they're, they're about to start pulling away. And it did happen, it, which is – rare to say for an Alabama team uh props to Michigan I would say uh, obviously I want y'all's opinion especially especially the Big Ten guy here Austin being the the Michigan fan I I felt like Michigan was the better team overall this just about this entire game and that was in spite of them trying to give it away a few times uh and I was surprised so when like you said during that I thought that Bama was gonna be able to pull away and Michigan just wasn't having it. That defense was stout. That that defensive line gave them so many issues. They had five sacks in the first half against an Alabama uh, uh, offense. I mean, that's not many teams can say that. Uh, so I was I was impressed. I've I've a few other notes, but I like to get y'all's take first. Yeah, yeah. I'll quickly go in. Uh, yeah, this was uh, like Clint, it was kind of like a boring way to win by Michigan. If, if that's mm. the best way I, I could say it, and that's kind of how Michigan's done it this year. They haven't been like super flashy. McCarthy hasn't been Heisman level flashiness or anything. That's what Jalen Murrow's been, uh, the super flashy thing. But Michigan was just kind of boring in the way they did it, um, and it just it just it works even against team like Bama, who was one of the best passing offenses this year. Um, I think the the most damning stat for Bama this game was they didn't have one play over thirty yards. And that's what they've thrived on this year. And it's just throwing the ball deep and then, you know, breaking them down everywhere else. Like, and they never got that. I remember seeing so many replays 
where Michigan had two deep safeties just preventing everything. Yeah, you could sit here and say, okay, Bama had 172 rushing yards. Like, they were able to run the ball. I think Michigan was okay with that. You know, keeping them within, like, in front of them. Just make them work their mm. way down there. Make Jalen Millerow be very patient in the way he's playing. And I think it worked perfectly to Michigan's um, game plan, in, in my mind at least. Bama just – Michigan kind of forced Bama into playing the way that they wanted them to. That's kind of what I saw. And also, to your point, McKell- McKellen? McClellan or whatever. McClellan. McClellan. Um, that he had their one long play, and it was that one long running touchdown, the first touchdown that Bama had. It was only 34 yards. And then after that, they everything was under 20 yards. And uh, I was really surprised at how much – like Bama, from a coaching perspective, like forced the run from Jalen Milrow. Um, he ran the ball 21 times, the seven more than the actual running back. And they really forced it. I feel like it wasn't working. And I understand Jalen Miller is like the athlete of, you know, that he is, but they didn't, I know nothing was working through the air. And I know also, and I know today I'm saying a lot of, I know, I don't know a whole lot, but Bama's offensive line, I think really does not know, or really did not play well in this game. Obviously the, the amount of low snaps, the amount of missed snaps, uh, and we saw today as we're recording, I think two of their offensive linemen has already gone into the portal, including that center. Yeah, um, center real quick. yeah he got out real fast and I, I feel sure Saban made sure he left in a way. Um, but yeah, that, that was just very uncharacteristic <laughs> of Alabama and Michigan was able to just hold on and, and they dominated in, in overtime. Um, I thought for a second there, y'all were about to completely screw it up. When it came to that very last punt, and y'all and the guy muffed it, and it landed yeah. on the two yard line, and I that's was what like, I'm saying. You're kidding me! This is about to happen. They're about to lose this game, twenty two to twenty, by a freaking safety. And then how in the world that happened? I they somehow snuck out, and that it worked. But yeah, that that was something else. And that's what I mean. And it's almost kind of like the Clemson thing where like a lot of games this year, Clemson looked like the better team. However, they just couldn't stop shooting themselves in the foot. Now, Michigan, they didn't have too many mistakes, but the mistakes they had were kind of big. You know, the the interception really, it was an interception, but we thought it was going to be right there to start the game. And then you had the the muffed punt where they're down like the one or whatever. I mean, there was a couple of mistakes where Michigan could have completely fallen apart. They just didn't. To, to Austin's point, the passing game for Alabama, 116 yards passing. That's bad for just about any team, let alone – I mean, it's only good for Iowa. Outside of that, that's a, that's a bad game for passing, uh, especially for an Alabama team, which has been obviously prolific for years and years. Uh, and then kind of to Jacob, your, your last, one of your last points there about it being Michigan dictating the game. And I think that was one of the biggest parts. I, I mentioned in the group chat like how well I feel like that game was coached on the Michigan side and how how great the play calls were and understanding like your personnel and the and, and the fact that like this is what we have to do to be able to win this game. Not trying to like step out of their comfort zone to do some weird stuff just because it's a playoff game. No, like you're undefeated and you're in the playoff because of who you are. Yeah, you're not flashy, but you've got gigantic dudes on both offensive, defensive lines, and you've got a, a pretty level-headed quarterback and a, a really good running back. Let, let's just make it work. And that's what they did for the vast majority of this game. Uh, that fourth and two play call for, from Harbaugh on, on their own territory, I, I thought was 
oh man, I'm surprised they fit in his pants because I was like, <laughs> oh, here we go. And yeah. they lose track of Quorum, which is the guy that's like their guy on offense. And they lose track of him. He slips out. Obviously, they convert, yada, yada. So I, I was like, the great play call. Uh, and obviously, it worked great. Uh, what else? I mean, there was. Well, do we, do we want to talk about the last play or we got a few more notes before well, we get to that? Well, I, and I got some on the last play if we're, if we're ready to get to that. Um, but Jacob, I see you're maybe, maybe got something else right before that. Well, no, I was just going to say, do y'all think that Saban actually got out coached here or do you think he got out athleted? And that's a good question for Austin. Dude, honestly, he'd be biased man. there too, but. Well, I will say, and uh, this is probably the first year that a Big Ten team out physical to SEC team in the playoff. Maybe the Ohio playoff, State yeah. a year or two yeah. back. But this was the first time where I was like, oh, a Big Ten team has the better athletes and the better big boys on the offensive and the defensive line. I mean, I think was it mm. his first six times that Jalen Miro went back to pass, he got sacked on four of them. And they weren't like long drawn out plays. It was like one, two sack. So yeah. I think the game plan was, and I even said this to all my friends, if we stop Jalen Milrow, I'm not worried at all. And, I mean, I think we did a fairly decent job of doing that. So, you know, I don't know what you guys yeah. thought about it, but. No, I mean, look, I he, mean, he, and, and, he's, he's going to get his, and he did. But, yeah, overall, you guys, yeah. I would say, contained him As pretty well. As any good player will get theirs. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, no, it, it, y'all are absolutely the better team. Uh, I, one last point, this will take us right into the last play. What the hell was up with the snapping from the Alabama center? Like, what was the pro? Like, that, dude, just, that, that's. And that's I get maybe issue. one or two of those were on Milrow, but the whole game, it was all over the place, man. He was like, at his feet, way right or whatever. I'm season. like, bro, it's three yards. Like, just, just flip it up to him. Like, if Three. he can't, we need so, either somebody that's in there, we're going to have to start on our, running on our center because this is. I, this is so stupid. There, there's there's nothing that, that affects the timing worse. As, as somebody that's played quarterback and has been involved in some bad snapping, there's nothing worse than either one, it going overhead and you have to go chase it, or two, yeah, it rolling and hitting the ground and you are trying to pick it up. Because there's you know, a couple times you're like, no, don't land on it. Like, go try to make a play. But it's like, in reality, that's not like, you can't do that. You don't know where anybody's at. But Mm. There were a couple times maybe it was Jalen's fault, but for the most part, dude, yeah, that center snap, like, dude, that 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 was all night. I, I don't want to say it cost in the game, but I think it would have it would have uh, made a difference in at least a couple plays for sure. I think it can go back to the point uh, of we're we're talking about eighteen to twenty one year old kids. I'm pretty sure he was getting his ass tear, tore up on the sideline, and thinking that I have to block this amazing defensive line. It probably did affect a snap or two, and it got. I mean, we saw in both games, it was pretty sloppy on both sides. Especially, we got to talk about special teams too, and how egregious it was. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, you you guys almost had a safety that, that cost you the game. I mean, I don't even know on that last play who that guy was, and back taking that punt. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever seen him play like a snap, and I watched Michigan mm. pretty religiously, and I was like, why is that the guy that's back taking our punt right now? Yeah, uh, I, I, it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, the special teams, especially in the Texas-Washington game, that couple things there that, that threw me off. But, um, Clint, to your point about the, the snaps, and e- even I think that last play, I think, was pretty low snap. Mm-hmm. Um, but a, a couple things on that. So Saban said they had a really good call. Like, they really liked their matchup when they went out there. Michigan called a timeout. 
Then they go back. So they, he said they had three different plays. Second time they go out, they have another play call. They didn't like the look that they got. So Bama called a timeout. Then you got the third play, and obviously we saw what happened. If you watch the third play, from what I've seen on the internet, it looks like it might have been a, an RPO, a run pass option. The snap was low. If you look, there's the running back is swinging out to the left. There's two receivers in front of him. And there's only two. There's a corner on each guy. They're manned up. There's no one on the running back. Now, the linebackers are, sh- are shifting that way. So I'm not saying he wouldn't have gotten tackled. But from mm. the early look, it's three on two going into the end zone. Now, obviously, receivers got to make a block. <clears throat> you can't just say he's going to go in there. At the same time, if you mm. look at that play, Milrow goes up the middle. If you look at the right guard, the right guard is pulling to the left side. Again, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Those linebackers are shifting right. The, I'm assuming with that running back. So if that's your, again, so that's what you want. That's the option. You're going to make the linebackers make a decision. If they're going to stay with you, you kick it to the running back. If they, sh- if they shift like they did, you follow your 330-pound guard into the end zone. Mm-hmm. And I bet you he would have got pretty damn close. But low snap, he goes up the middle, doesn't try to get to the outside. That's, you, in the game, every time he got to the outside, man, they, Alabama actually sealed off the outside decently well, and he was able to get outside. And it just looked like... I, not that he was trying to do that's it all, exactly, all on his own, but that snap, I think, kind of screwed up the timing. Did it seem to you like he slipped, too? Because I know there was a play earlier in the game, I think it was the first or second quarter, and Milrow had the easiest first down that I thought he would have gotten. He, fuck, he slipped. So I felt like he slipped too on that final play. Like he never got his like footing to to fire off and get that get the touchdown or get the uh, what he needed to get. I don't know if you guys saw the same Maybe, thing yeah. I did, but it seemed like he kind of stumbled. That probably <clears throat> could have been a, a product of the snap, but yeah, I think Milrow <laughs> slipped a few times in the game. Were, well, they, were they on natural I, grass? Yeah, Rose Bowl's grass. That yeah, makes sense. No, I I mean it's pretty much just like. That was the same take. I because I, I actually went back. I was like, I wonder if Jalen just was trying to play hero. It was just going to take right. it because, like, as the play developed and you saw like the other, like the running back, the receivers, they kind of like had their hands like, what the hell was that? But after replaying it several times, I'm with you, JC. I saw the right guard come over and, and pull to the left, like he's going to, you know, take you know, seal off the guy, that linebacker, whoever is coming down from the left side and the rest of the offensive line is shift is pushing guys right. So they're trying to make a hole right there. And, but that stinking snap was low and Jalen. Yeah. He's talented. Yeah. He's, he came on the second half of the year, but he's still a younger quarterback. And I think, man, especially when, the, when in that situation is the last play and you're expecting the snap at your chest and it's down at, you know, your shins you're already off and your eyes are down. So you're already missing that time. You should be reading what, what guys are crashing or whoever. And that, that's all it took that, that I'm not going to blame the center for the loss at all, but that this, the snapping absolutely was a factor in why they weren't as effective on offense as they probably should have been. Which is weird. And, and a guy that, you know, I, I don't know. I don't want to just give credit. To Saban for me, that every coach at that level is pretty damn detailed, and you have guys specifically for that. But to me, if you can't get that right, or you don't have a guy that can make a snap, I get it. Like you said, Austin, they're 18, 20 year old kids. I get that. But when you watch games where that's, and to be honest, it's kind of like kicking. You see, kick, kicking looks so automatic. It's not that easy of a thing if you've ever tried to kick a football. Um, but yeah, when you that. see, yeah, and when, but just when you see a game when there's no issues with the snap exchange, it's just a routine thing. So you, you imagine it's pretty a simple concept. So 
it gets exponentially worse when you're watching. It's like, this is such a simple thing. Why are we screwing this up? But yeah, I mean, look, like you said, Clint, if he looks down, which he had to to get the ball, you look mm-hmm. up and there's people coming at you. And he just yeah. ran up the middle. And just ran. Not- he ran right into the middle of the biggest beef you could imagine. Which is where <laughs> what- most of the pass rush was coming from, was up the middle. Mm-hmm. That's what, and so, th- okay, that'll bring me to our next point. It, it, the fact they all like the play call. If it actually was the call, was for it to be just a quarterback draw. Like, I, I, don't, no. I don't like that call. Especially because the, the last two plays just before that was Michigan blew up the runs. Like, they were mm-hmm. getting so much push and so much penetration through that offensive line of Alabama's. Like, that's the call you're trying to go with. I get if you had to switch off of several other looks, but don't switch to that, the thing that's been destroying you. Uh, have, so if that really was options. the call, yeah. I, at least let them roll out or something. I, I don't exactly. know. Exactly. I think if y'all know me by this point at all, if anybody knows me, I am so fucking tired of dudes, all these teams on fourth and short or even third and short, and they're in the (laughs) shotgun. It makes no fucking sense. If you're going to be in the shotgun on that, you're going to throw the ball. That doesn't make any sense, especially on a quarterback draw. Why are you going to – I get like you get a running start, maybe to running into the pile, but that doesn't make any sense at all. To me – That that one, though, I think should have been a pass play with him, hey, take off if need be. But you know they're going to bring some pressure. So do I like him running in that situation? Yes. But not when there's a low snap and now I'm not going to follow my big guard. If he follows the guard and is behind him, he can either kick it to the outside or go inside. Honestly, they should have ran some type of damn jump pass or something, man. Honestly, like, hey, run up the middle, throw it up, a little Tebow action. Probably would have figured it out. The last thing I wanted to see as a fan was Jalen Milrow rolling out right. That's the last thing I wanted to see on that final play. Yeah. If he gets one-on-one on a linebacker, we have great linebackers, but he can make anybody miss. And that's mm-hmm. the last thing. I was I was relieved when I saw them go up the middle. I was like, okay, we're fine. Well, the good thing yeah. is y'all they were on the right hash, too, so he couldn't have – he True. didn't have that far True. to go because he was already on that hash. Yep. I will Man. say this, too. Like, th- as bad as we've been harping on Bama about the snaps and just play calling and just schemes and everything, this game still went to overtime. I mean, again, Michigan kind of dominated, but Bama had a fourth and goal to tie the game. Like, Michigan, like, this score, and I I think I texted this in the group chat, too. (laughs) Like, in the middle of the second quarter, something like that, this game feels like it should be like a two or three score game. And somehow we were still sitting at seven to seven. Like, you're talking about in favor of Michigan? Yeah, I feel like Michigan should have won this game by like two or three scores. And somehow or another, Bama made it, muddied it up enough. To kind of keep it this close, Bama um, kept punting it inside the fifteen. Man, that's yeah. been you the perils as a Michigan fan all year. Yeah. Is I feel like we should have beat teams way worse than we actually did, and I have continued to say that we haven't used our full playbook all year. And that's I'm what I'm saying. You didn't open the. Great. I feel like you guys were <laughs> yeah. just like, uh, let's just not do anything it for the national championship. And then you go to overtime and you score two plays. It's like, where? Okay. Well, and, and, well to be no. fair, in this in this game, any. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Clint. Anytime no, no, that we did, anytime we did, there was the play where we uh, handed off to Corum and he tried to do a little flea flicker. The receiver was wide open for a touchdown if he would have caught uh, that correctly. Yeah. So there was two or three Bro, plays yeah. where we were trying to do our little wrinkles and they just didn't work every time. I mean, there's another one where Edwards did a little backwards back, back to JJ McCarthy and he had to like catch it one handed over his head. Yeah, nice one handed catch almost cost you guys. I mean, oh, 100%. So there was two or three plays where I was like, okay, we're doing our wrinkles, and they just didn't work that time. But you didn't need to do that, though. Just, (laughs) okay, that's who we are, though. So that was, 
I, I, okay, you said it. That's exactly going to be my point. That's exactly who Michigan is. They're not flashy. They're just yeah. a really good damn team. They don't have yeah, to do so those things. Run, now, of, yeah, of course, you're going to try, flickers. especially. Well, yeah. Uh, I think, too, wasn't that the play where, like, I think Corm needed, like, another half second to actually turn on, but realize, like, uh-oh, like, the, the line's yeah, collapsing. Yeah, yeah. Like, I need to get <laughs> back quick. Up. Yeah, so. But, yeah, I mean, y'all I just don't need to do that. that. I get it. It's not the sexiest thing in the world. But who cares? Like you're winning football games. They and obviously don't when care. They have thirty times with Penn State in a row. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Maybe we're about so, the coach then, but still, yeah. Um, but no, I, I get it. Like you, you maybe maybe Harbaugh's a a psycho, and he actually did save half the playbook for next <laughs> week in the national championship, which he did. That's amazing. But dude, uh, how does it feel to overcome last year's? I'll say blunder. Well, yeah, but when you losing to TCU, probably stung a little bit more. Yeah. Now that you've kind of got that monkey off your back, you're going to the national championship, uh, and you got to feel good about, you know, how your team looks and your chances to win. Man, how, how's that feel? It feels a really good because uh, last year the TCU <laughs> game kind of just tore me up, and uh, it all started with the uh, non-touchdown Roman Wilson touchdown. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I, I will say <laughs> the first play of the game when JJ threw that pick, I was like. I cannot watch another game like this again. Oh, this yeah. I can't. <laughs> yep. Um, but I will say I have to give That's a shout awesome. out to Blake Corum because I'm pretty sure he just broke our all-time touchdowns record in he school did. history. He beat uh, Anthony Thomas, I believe. Yeah, so, that's uh, <clears throat> I think I think more 80% were one-yard touchdowns, but uh has to be on the point. When, hey, uh, man. That, that, they, all, they all tally the same on the sheet. It don't matter. <clears throat> speaking of... Uh, Michigan coach, or should I say, former Michigan coach? Did you guys see the rumors? And I had to, I, I, I did some research because I, I didn't want to get got by by one source. And I, I saw a picture. Didn't know if it was accurate. Um, possible Connor Stallion sighting at the Rose Bowl with a rose necklace. I mean, oh. what a fucking power move in a Michigan jersey or shirt or something. <laughs> Being like, I didn't know about the necklace. I, th- I heard that he was dude, there in the stands. I didn't know about the necklace. Though. What What are that. the chances? All right, this this was gonna happen. Michigan wins the Natty. Harbaugh goes to the NFL. No more ties to Michigan besides him being obviously. He's gonna get a ring because he doesn't have any ties to Michigan. No more consequences. I guarantee you, Harbaugh is driving to Connor Stallion, <laughs> meeting in a Walmart parking lot, and he's getting a ring. I guarantee it, dude. Yeah. He's getting a ring. Guarantee it. <laughs> Why Walmart? Uh, because that's where everybody needs to do deals. I already told JC he should be on the pod next. Connor Stallions. Yeah, I told Austin, dude. Like, dude, I'm glad you asked me to get on. I was like, well, I couldn't get Harbaugh. And he was like, I'm glad I'm your second option. I'm surprised you didn't ask Stallions. I was like, well, Stallions can come on anytime, dude. For any so, episode, any conversation. So Stallions, obviously, if he could be at that game, he has no repercussion from this other than he just got fired, right? Yeah, he did nothing yeah. criminal. Yeah. So, I, mean, he I just think what's fired. more criminal is uh, Alabama hiring one of our linebackers coaches for this game, but no one talked about that. Hey. We, no, we talked no, about we it. We talked about, about it, it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Our show I thought did. that was wrong. Hey, man, we're but he was fired. Dude. My point was, he was if he's fired, hey, he's fair game. You took that risk when you fired him. So if you don't want to go to Alabama, you wait till the end of the season. But I guess in the same vein, can a transfer portal guy like Transfer in the middle of the season and start playing mid season. What's the that's, difference? That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you uh, should do you, you want no, to. Uh, uh, USC. No, that's what I'm saying. No, USC's corner was <laughs> uh, is, is it Damani? Damani Jackson, uh, the next Michigan guy. Yeah, for sure. No, he was on 
Alabama sidelines or like at their practices. No, I know. Really? Like freaking at the Wisconsin saying, yeah. game, Tyler Van Dyke was sitting in a Wisconsin jersey on the sideline up there, and he played for Miami this year. Like that just feels well, wrong. He had, but he at least committed. Uh, this guy hasn't even committed yet, and they're letting him. Like no shot, he's getting in a team meeting and shit. Right? I can't yeah. imagine. They're giving jerseys out to just anybody in this transfer portal. To be fair, that's true, dude. I'm about to. So so uh, Clint's. Uh, about to enroll at a university and he might enter the portal for we don't know what sport yet but just just to see if he, I, just, I think to see, just, to, just to see if he can just put it in any sport admin i will say about demonic jackson uh naked you start off naked and you put clothes on or ops I, I come out hot I, they they strip i just start naked that's it's weird but it's a good tactic i, I win a lot of games that way <laughs> I, I will say i didn't see damani on the sidelines of alabama and i'm sure he was but uh he was actually going to go to michigan before he went to usc two or three years back actually our corner will johnson was heavily recruiting him so i thought we were gonna get both corners back that year i think it was 2021 at that time so uh I'm not making a crystal ball prediction, but I would be shocked if Domani doesn't come to Michigan next year. I will say, man, if you want to find a place where you can talk about guys that you think are coming to your program and don't, this is the place for you, buddy, because <laughs> here we we have a lot of conversations about that. Um, yep, a lot so, of hopefulness. But if there's anybody on Alabama, uh, which I think they've already had a bunch of transfer portal guys enter today, um, including offensive linemen, if there's any guys that you know hate losing the semifinal and want to come play more SEC football. South Carolina needs some players. So Yeah, you want to get to a semifinal here. Well, come on lose? out. Um dude, no shame. No shame here. Yeah, dude, we we have not <laughs> lost the semifinal game. You know, you guys have. And I will say one more that thing about Jalen Milrow. I will not be shocked that if in two years, whenever he can go to the draft, he's not the next Jaden Daniels. Because I don't know if you guys have seen how Jaden Daniels has uh, crept up the draft boards. I will not be shocked if yeah. Jalen uh, Milrow goes top and, five. And Jaden Daniels was like oh, yeah, yeah, super yeah. raw early on at Arizona State. Like had the talent, had the arm. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then obviously to what he is now. He was yeah, my I favorite see, Pac-12 he, after dark guy to watch. Yeah, if he gets his <laughs> passing game out and gets a better offensive line, he could be like a Justin Fields in my mind. I think he's better though. Honestly, think he's yeah. I I don't know. I just mm, I don't know about saying? that. Not yet. Not yet. Well, quickly before we go, I do want to ask. And I'm not a Justin Fields guy. Is this an NFL pod or a college football? Dude, (laughs) it's it's definitely, it's definitely college. And uh, what else we talk about? Uh, Dude, we've slipped in baseball a couple times. Yeah, Uh, we've slipped in a lot of things. (laughs) But quickly, I want to ask the Michigan guy this, and this is just a little side note. What happened there at the very end of regulation when y'all got that ball? You know, off the muff punt, y'all knelt it the first time. Bama had no timeouts left. Why did y'all have to go out there and kneel it a second time? Did did Harbaugh ever come out and say what happened there? I have no idea. All that I saw was Harbaugh looked super confused. So I don't know if there was a miscommunication on if Bama called a timeout or what happened there. But I was like, why are we kneeling again on the one-yard line? Because that's the last thing I'm trying to see right now is two yeah, kneels Bama, on the one. Bama didn't have a timeout, I don't think. That's why I was, like, I was really so confused. I yes. thought they had one left, but I was, I, I had, because I thought Saban was going to let it go to overtime. Maybe they but did. Yeah, I have no idea because I saw the, st- the clock stop and I'm like, why are we having to kneel it again? Why is the clock not just bleeding out? So yeah. I have no answer for that one, to be honest. I was a little, uh, that whole last uh, 20 seconds of play, uh, lost a couple of years of life on that one, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well said. I, well said. I bet. I bet. 
Oh man, you guys got anything on that before we transition to to the next game? Nope. Nope, so I got. Cool. Well, Austin, obviously we're going to get to the National Championship preview, but before that, let's get to the team you guys are going to be playing. That's the Washington Huskies. They took on Texas um, and what ended up being a, a pretty late game. And honestly, a, a really good game. Uh, real quick before I get you guys' perspective, my takeaway on this was really good game back and forth. Washington had a chance to put it away, and then they started getting cute and trying to do some real dumb shit. Not even like not playing to not playing like not to lose, just like doing some weird offensive play calls. Texas had way too many chances at the end of the game. I almost was getting mad at the end, not not because I feel one way or the other towards these teams, but when Washington had this game locked up and they kept giving Texas <clears> chances, like if they end up losing this game and just getting the rug pulled out under them, especially the way Penix played. Um, I will say, obviously in the in the preview, I talked about it. Uh, Penix to Adunzie, and I tell you what, I mean they they were going off. Penix was. Third at one point in the third quarter, dude, he was like eleven of eleven, hundred something yards, two tuds. Like he was slinging the ball, um, and I know that gets no one happier than Jacob. He has a Penix tattoo on his lower back. Um, <laughs> no, we haven't confirmed or denied, but it's it's more than likely there. And the more he plays, gets to play off weird coloring that thing in. So it's it's purple and gold right about now. Um, but but on mm. a serious note, um, what do you guys make of? of this Washington team, um, it seems like, obviously they haven't lost a game. They've had a lot of close games. We t- we've talked about them during the season, how they've had instances where we, you know, they played down to the competition or whatever, but at the end of the day, they find a way to, to win a damn ball game. Um, but, but Jacob, yeah, how do you feel, man? P- Penix just, dude, he, he's just fun to watch, dude. I was just really enjoying him, watching him sling the rock around. Dude, uh, yeah. I, I think I told myself before I went into this whole playoff, before both games were played, and I was kind of like thinking about the quarterbacks, and I was like in my mind ranking them, like, okay, who's probably got the best quarterback here? Uh, and I thought I, – I, I said Quinn Ewers. I thought Penix, even being the Heisman's you know, finalist and being the runner-up, I thought Quinn Ewers, he was a better recruit, and he's played this amazing since day one. And I thought – I was like, you know what? Quinn Ewers is probably the best quarterback. So I was thinking – I still picked Washington like we all did. But I was like, you know, I think Quinn Ewers could possibly have a better game here. Man, boy, was I wrong. This dude, Michael Penix Jr., man, I personally think this is one of the most fun quarterback seasons I've ever witnessed in my life. And that's that's through all the amazing quarterbacks that I've seen at Clemson. That's through all the other Heisman-winning quarterbacks I've seen. Probably this is like up there with the excitement of Lamar Jackson, but yet this dude made the national championship. Like, Every pass, he only missed one pass uh, that I can personally remember in this game. Now, obviously, he had nine incompletions, but like the Couple one pass he, sure. he actually missed was a wide open tight end that was over the top for like 25 yards, whatever. And he overthrew him. And the, the, the tight end could run like a four six or whatever. And he overthrew him. Like that's the one he missed. Every other one, it was hitting dudes in the numbers. And then he was hitting freaking Odunzie in the face mask. Like the accuracy of this this Michael Penix Jr. kid, dude, is well, he's a man. He's 24 years old. I mean, he's older than like a lot of the NFL quarterbacks because he's been this is what six years in in college. At least this has been one of the most fun seasons I've ever witnessed. And I, I'm I'm gonna let y'all talk because I'm gonna keep going about Penix here. Um, but man, this I'm the biggest Washington fan right now, and this is we're gonna we preview know. the game in just a little bit. I know I got a Michigan fan here, but like. This this team is just so much fun to watch. I have respect for Washington, so I have nothing to say against them. 
negatively, to be honest. Cheers. You sound like uh, one of the players when they hear, you know, they hear Saban in their ear. So they actually, take the bit. politically correct answer. Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, what, we should have Austin back on after the game. Uh, yes. He might change. <laughs> Can we just live stream? He might, the game? He might have a Dude, lot of that foul would be things fun to say. How actually the live? I'm down. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. No, I mean, listen, it wasn't like. First off, it's nice to have three NFL caliber receivers for Penix to throw to. That's you could just tell. Maybe like, four. <clears throat> maybe four. Like, and not to get weird about it, but like when you watch a receiver and you tell one's different, like just the way they catch, like they just it's almost just like a magnet. Like it just comes in so smooth, so easily. They had like, I think they had one drop all night. And that one drop I think was to uh, and I think Penix had like 11 straight completions and then, then what they had a drop. And I, so was, and I think it was the running back that dropped it too, actually. <clears throat> was it? I don't, I don't remember exactly. But dude, no, like but you're right. It, it was, it was right after they put that stat up of 11 for 11 <laughs> and they dropped the next one. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, but like, so it, it was a combo of one, like Jacob said, dude, Penix being able to drop it in the bucket nearly every single pass and then just having receivers. Cause there was a few plays it wasn't just panics, man. There was a few plays where these receivers, like their hands were just so damn good. The secondary for Texas wasn't that bad. They really weren't. There was yeah. a lot of throws where they were literally wearing, like the Washington receiver was wearing a Texas dude like a jersey. Yeah. And it was still in the one single spot that they, they could catch it. And mm-hmm. they were able to pull down or they will, you know, fight for it, use strong hands. Just obviously incredible to watch. Um, I, I, I th- I'm not even that down on Texas. I mean, yeah, th- yeah, they weren't like super impressive, but they definitely weren't bad. And I just feel like they they ran into a team that offensively is like, what do you even do? Like, it's like you, you're all over a guy, everything but a pass interference. He, the guy still catches the ball, and you look up at your your coach is like, what the hell am I supposed to do now? Like, I, there's nothing else I can do except tackle him before he even catches it. Uh, so yeah, man, that was super impressive. There was literally a ball that was tipped twenty feet in the air and then just fell right into the receiver's hands. Like Texas the, was playing the great defense. Yes, that one. Yeah. yeah, and even that was an amazing play was, by hit, by the Texas. Yeah, he literally it. like came yeah. back, dove, tipped it, and it still was not enough. It was like, like what do you even do, man? <laughs> I'm gonna go back to my the Texas uh, offensively had a hell of a game too. We go back to my uh, my uh, Big Ten bias here. Does this Washington team remind you of like Ohio State teams of years past? Kind of, yeah. I well, mean, if, if you look at j- just yeah. from a receiver group, yeah, because Ohio State's been yeah. just bringing in receivers. I was uh, scrolling today on the TikTok, and um, somebody had made a good point, and I've kind of thought this too, but I, I wasn't going to say it. Um. If Roma Dunze was on an Ohio State uniform and named Marvin Harrison Jr., would he be the number one receiver in this draft? Guaranteed. Boy, we have oh, yeah. hit on that because I was on I was on Marvin Harrison Jr. and Jacob was hitting me with some other stats throughout the year. Marvin right? Harrison Jr. is great, but Roma Dunze is different as well. And I gotta also mm-hmm. say, you know, people talk about quarterbacks that the ball just comes out different out of their hands. That's Michael Penix Jr. I saw some throws and the zip on his passes. It's just unparalleled, honestly. I mean, it's perfect it really every is. time. I mean, they, I saw, I heard somewhere else they said it's not a 50 50 ball, it's a 70 30 ball for his receivers every time. 
Mm-hmm. Like it, the thing is too, he throws off his back foot a lot, which I mentioned this early in some earlier episodes. Like that might cost him. I uh, apparently not. Now I will say I want to pump the brakes just for a second. There was about a month there where Penix, someone was off with Penix, like whatever the case was, uh, it just, the, them and that offense, they didn't look great. Uh, it might've just been health issues because Jesus, the, the, the PAC 12 championship game looked amazing. And then uh, the, the, playoff game against texas again looked amazing so obviously there was something else going on but i agree the way he throws i did see something that where somebody was able to flip where it made him Bro, look like he's still right-handed about to yeah. tell you Clint, yeah, I, need I, to and I was video. like dude that's actually kind of like a odd like goofy looking throw it's it just is. hard to tell i guess when he's a lefty he's really it didn't though. matter like he, yeah it's it just so quick. it's a flick yeah and boom on the money nearly every yeah. single time and we could have seen this coming from yeah, Penix. Like you want to talk uh, about going back to his, sorry, going back to his Indiana days. Uh, Go ahead. I think I think they were the reason he was the reason that they upset Ohio State that one year. Threw for like four hundred yards. He's always had an arm. Injuries have been his only issue in his whole career. Have been injuries. He he beat you guys yeah. at Indiana. Uh, yes, he did two years ago. Yes, he did. two years ago. <laughs> yep. He wasn't going to bring that up, but JC, I forgot about you. that. To be honest, <laughs> I'm more of an in the now kind of guy. But uh, I mean. <laughs> I would be should, too if I was you. You guys should never lose Indiana in football. Do me a pull up USC's losses this year. Or, uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. Go ahead, please do, please do. <laughs> Look at them all. It's all fucking SEC teams, buddy. And then Clemson. How, how's that go. working out for you? Who, You're about to get JC not, started. Who's not in the championship game this year? Oh, that's right, an SEC team. Well, we didn't get to play Rutgers or Indiana, so that's the first you, time. You, hey, you I'm glad you brought that up. That's the first times. That's the first time that's happened since the very first playoff back in 2014. So we start the playoff era with an with SEC teams or no SEC team, and then end it. End with it. No SEC end it. End it with Every two Big Ten teams. Team. Future. Oh yeah, yeah. You're right. We'll call it Big Ten. Well, because yeah, yeah. if Texas would have got in, they would have called it SEC. So you're right. A hundred percent. Um. All but, right. So no, I was go ahead, Jacob. Before we get into the the next one, I just want a, a little crazy stat. In the, in this game, I mean, we saw what uh, Penix did throwing the ball like four hundred some yards, whatever, which is ridiculous. But all year he had not run the ball much at all. In this game, he had thirty one yards. Guess his uh, rushing total for the season now, combined with everything, including this game. Guess what his rushing total is now? Thirty one, fifty six. He has thirty two carries for thirteen yards. See, he ran more Does than that ever. count sacks. Yes, it does. No, that's that's why it was no, so co- low, no. but he ran for 31 No, college years. doesn't count sacks, though. Yes, they do. Oh, they changed it? NFL, they don't. I'm almost positive. No, I think it's, no, it's yeah. I thought it was opposite. I, I think it's, they count I know, sack yards. It's op- but they I also have a separate stat that says sack adjusted. That's what I'm saying. That's why I think college, well. they don't. NFL, they do. Because like if you so like if you kneel oh, I mean, in I'll college, s- if you kneel in college, you don't get negative rushing yards. Oh, yeah, that's what you do in the NFL. Uh, exactly. Parlays will tell you that. You shut. F- I don't want to hear that word ever again. <laughs> um, but but yeah, yeah I'll have to look that up. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, do also, think- shout out to uh, my bad, real quick, Braylon Trice, the, the guy on the edge for Washington's defense. I, I don't know if y'all what that guy was a monster all night and was sacks, a yep. gigantic presence. Not just, I mean, he was just everywhere. Make a tap. I mean, every time I looked at the screen and watched him his own defense, he was involved in the play. The tackling, sack, and hurt. Two sacks, know, three tackles, I'm like, dude, that guy is balling right now. Shout out to I him. Think, I think he's like a top 20 projected pick for sure. You might want to DM J.J. McCarthy there, Austin, and be like, hey, man, there's just, you might want to watch out for that guy. 
Yeah. That, well, that was my next question. What do you guys think about this Washington defense? Their offense is the only thing I ever hear people talking about, but what do you think about their defense? So, uh, yeah, I, I don't mean to take the mic, but Go for it. real quick, I we were kind of singing their praises against um, Oregon, Oregon. Uh, the second game when we were like surprised at how much pressure, how much push and penetration their, their defensive line was getting. We were like, dang, that... We, that was off our radar. We were not expecting that. And gave Oregon some fits. <clears throat> in this game, I think it was more of, uh, obviously they got in the backfield some, but I think it was more of they're not they're not going to just let you beat them deep. They're like, okay, because Texas did run a little bit against them, um, which I, I think Michigan's happy to see, uh, having uh, Quorum in the backfield. Yeah, so there's something to be had there, uh, especially with the size that Michigan has. You'll be able to run against Washington. The problem is, is when you run out of field and you get in red zone situations, are you going to be able to convert those into touchdowns or you just kick field goals? I think that's kind of what Washington does now is that they kind of let you just nitpick you up until you have to start actually making like plays to score. And they're able to, with the short field, kind of shut it down. Uh, it's not obviously foolproof. I mean, they've given up scores, but I, I, I think and it showed in this game too. That's that's what they did. They they gave up the little eight, you know seven eight yard runs. They let nothing over the top and it yep. helped win the game. And this is a super. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and even to to go with your point, Clint, like I'd say the the line played well, but the, in that Oregon game in the Pac twelve, I was even surprised. Like the linebackers in the secondary, they were just flying around in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't see as much of that in this game. I think Texas uh, points per game wise may not be as good as Oregon, but Texas overall has a better offense, I think, than Oregon does. Much more dominant O line and stuff. Um, and they, they, you know, this Texas team still put up good numbers: three hundred yards passing and one hundred eighty yards rushing against this Washington team. So you see, it can be done. But like you said, I think that was perfect. Ben, don't break, and that's what they had to do because you know this Washington team. Like, I, we're about to preview the next game, but like. What do you? What's the number you're trying to hold Washington under? Like, is it thirty? Is it forty? Because I think they're going to score around that. But what is this well, Washington defense going to be able to hold Michigan to? Well, I was going to say uh, I didn't watch the game. Like I said, I had to watch kind of the abbreviated highlights, twenty minutes long. Um, it also seemed like you know Texas scored thirty-one, but Ewers missed some easy throws as well. I know there was one uh, he missed. Uh, former Michigan wide receiver Xavier Worthy. Um, he was wide open deep and he just, I think he got pressure so he couldn't get all of it into it. But, uh, I don't think, I think Texas may have also left some points on the field as well, which could have made this a completely different game. Not to mention they were, you know, if it was a, if they got that toe tap touchdown at the end, they, we'd be talking about a Texas Michigan mm. final and not a Washington Michigan final. That, no, that's a fair take. The- I would say too, that, that, that last play, that last throw, I don't think that was a really great throw by yours. Because no, so that receiver, if, was, if, if, if he'd if had a little pace picks. on it, like got into a back shoulder, uh, I, I think he would have had it. Well, I guess uh, apparently to about? that to that one uh, broadcaster, if Arch Manning was in the game, uh, that would have been a good oh. one. Oh. Dude, that, the one broadcaster was like, oh, you know, they're back in New Orleans. Maybe they give him some playing time. I'm like, oh, we're just going to play the backup just because he's in his hometown. His name's Manning. Like, what are we doing here? Like. Because yeah. it's muggy don't. outside. Yeah, dumb, <laughs> yeah. You don't. You don't watch. But no. But but yeah, that last drive, dude. He missed a couple over the middle. Uh, and he got a couple yeah. back. I mean, the one he did throw in the end zone was a good ball to, to catch to get him to a point. But 
Um, and to Ewers' credit, to be fair, and I don't know if you guys you know have followed Ewers as much as I may have, but uh, what he's come from when he was a freshman at Ohio State to what he is now, he's he's a mm. great quarterback as well because he had a lot of problems at uh, Ohio State, and then I think he went to Miami. No, at- no, you're you're thinking of Tate Martell. So Quinn was from Texas, went to Ohio State. That's right. He skipped his senior year of high school because he. Yeah, you couldn't get nil money at the time as a high school kid yes. in Texas, so he took the million bucks, Ohio State, and then transferred back to Texas. But I mean, he, dude, if you look at his, he's one of the top, I believe, ten rated recruits from twenty four seven sports, top ten quarterback recruits of all time. Oh yeah, um, but by his numbers, yeah. I mean, it's it, absolutely insane. I guess I'm just glad to see that he kind of. Yeah, that's what I said before this. I was like, if I was ranking the quarterbacks, I think yours was probably my top quarterback, and I was saying that over Phoenix before this game happened. Right. Well, well, let's get into it. So, obviously, um, Monday night, the big game. Um, I believe it's in Houston. Uh, Washington taking on Texas. Does anyone know, Austin, what is the spread? I believe right. it opened at four and a half to Michigan's favor. Okay, four and a half, Michigan's favor. Um, yep, four not, and a half. Doesn't it surprise me? I will say, in a game like this, uh, they always say defense wins championships. The team that can play defense, that can run the ball. Michigan can do that. Michigan can play defense. Michigan can run the ball. We saw the O-line. We saw the D-line. I don't know where I'm leading, to be honest. Um, I think I'm still hung up on the Penix to all the receivers magic. Like, there's just, like, that's tough to spot. tough to stop. The thing is, I normally trust the run game better because if, if you have a really good run game, then you're going to have at least a decent passing game with the play action. So that, that's going to be the big thing there. Does anyone know if Dylan Johnson's going to be available for this game? Because I know he had an injury at the last play. Is he going to be available? I was just thinking that. Um, it says uh, by an article on ESPN about four hours ago that he is expected to play. Um, that's all it has right now. That's shocking. That's with good. Injury, to be honest. Be, be a decoy at the least, maybe. Um, well, yeah, let, let's go around. I say everyone kind of give their take, and I say I say we give our picks. You know, whether we do, you know, again four and a half spread, Michigan way. That that that's a tough spot. Um, we were kind of all talking about field goal games at the last one. Um, Jacob, I'll start with you. Are are you on the Penix hype train that he's going to be able to finish the season out, and and then the the Pac twelve, you know, will will end with them with the with the national championship. Well, I would certainly go first, but I I. I think it'd be kind of rude for me to go first when my man's team is actually in the national championship. I think he should go first. Well, I was going to let him go last, but you know what? Maybe, maybe we should let him go first. And what, then, well, what does he want to do? And then he, he can yell at us when we all pick against him. I, I'll <laughs> go last. I'm not worried. I'll, right. go, I'll go last. It's y'all's talk. Okay. Okay. <laughs> best, best, best for Alrighty. last. Uh, there you go. There you go. Um, first of all, freaking hate this is on Monday night. Can we freaking change yep. that? Uh, I had to get Same. that out. Um, I agree. But this game starts at seven thirty, right? Seven thirty, I believe. No in, shot, in, in dude. I guarantee you, kickoffs not until after eight oh seven p.m. Hundred <laughs> percent. I'll be three <laughs> drinks deep already. That's what it says on ESPN. Seven thirty. No shot. Well, covered starts at seven thirty. Far as this game. Uh, right now, like you said, it's sitting at four and a half for Michigan. Um, the over/under is at fifty-five and a half. Um, man, what a year for us to sit here and say we have an undefeated Washington versus an undefeated Michigan. Um, 
in the last year of the Pac-12, we have one more one more chance to to win another championship for the Pac-12. And the first one, I think, in a, in a pretty long time, I would believe. Um, man, th- this game is going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, the ESPN matchup predictor right now, I know how sometimes we, we talk about that, is actually leaning 74.3% for Michigan. Um, so yet again, this Washington team is being doubted. And you're not going to get a whole lot of doubt from me. Um, I think they have proven it way too many times, even with it being a one possession game, which I still expect this to be a, another one possession game. Um, I, I have to take Washington to uh, to win the game outright. But even giving me that four and a half points, I'm super confident about them covering that at the very least. Um, but I, I have Washington <laughs> winning this game outright. I think Penix, you would have to, you would have to, you know, I think Washington would lose this game if something happened to Penix um, or one of his receivers. Um, I wonder how they their offense will look without Dylan Johnson. But this this offense, on the other hand, has not run the ball crazy well all year long. Um, I think Dylan Johnson, they have maybe what two or three games, maybe four out of the fourteen they've played, where they've had a hundred yard rusher. Um, so they don't have to run the ball to be successful. And we saw Texas's defense is pretty decent. Um, I think Michigan obviously has the best defense in the nation, but it, it doesn't matter when Penix is getting the ball out in 1.3 seconds or two seconds max and just eliminating the line and just placing the ball on people's face masks. It's so hard to to compensate for that. And Michigan is probably one of the all-time – this is probably one of the all-time Michigan great teams they've ever had. And that's saying something. I, I know, Austin, you could attest to that. Um, this is one of the great programs in, in all of history. I think they lead the nation in uh, wins all-time or something like that because they've been yeah, around so long. thousand this year. Yeah, I, I remember talking about that earlier this year. So, like, this is one of the great programs of all time, and this is one of their better teams. That just shows you how unstoppable, in my mind – that Michael Penix is if he's on. If he plays like this again, I don't really think it matters. And I think the bigger point for me is not even just how good Washington's offense is. J.J. McCarthy and that Michigan offense has not been flashy. They're nowhere like Washington's offense has been to where you know like the over-the-top is happening. Uh, you you know they can line up and you know what they're about to do, but you can stop Michigan because they're not super flashy. McCarthy's been good, but he hasn't been outstanding like Penix has. Corum, I remember last year, I think he had much better stats and he was a Heisman finalist, I remember last year. So yep. he was close to it if he wasn't. And uh, this year he just hasn't been as flashy. Michigan, again, has gone this whole year without having to be flashy. And they've been dominant doing it for most of the year. But like I said earlier about the Alabama-Michigan game, I thought Michigan should have been up by two or three scores. And somehow or another, they weren't. I don't know if that's a, a special teams thing because Bama's special teams was good. I don't know if that's their weakness here or what it is. But it, no matter what it is, I, I personally have Washington. I, it's just going to be impossible to stop this team. And your boy's getting a Penix tattoo and a jersey. And fucking go Huskies, bro. Do you have a score prediction? Okay, yeah. Um, Over-under is 55-and-a-half. I would say Michigan's defense will slow them down to where they won't score 30 what, – what did they score in the other game? I just looked at the score. It was like 37 or whatever it was. Um, 
I'm going to say Washington 34, Michigan 24. Oh, so wow. You think a double digit win. Or no, I said okay. one possession. So Washington 34, Michigan 27. Interesting. Interesting. Nice. Am I next? Go for <laughs> it, man. <laughs> no, I mean, Jacob, you made a lot of great points uh, for both sides there. I, uh, Again, I, not to be the guy on the fence here, I could just see this going either way. I, I mean, it, it, the styles make fights, right? And I think this is going to be really interesting to see how these styles clash because, yeah, Michigan has a incredible D-line and they're going to get pressure and they're going to give Penix a hard time. But, I mean, Jesus, a lot of teams have given them a hard time and it didn't seem to matter. Just this last game against Texas. I mean, how many times at Penix, I mean, there's pressure right out the middle wherever – and all he did was just sidestep real quick and flick it 30 yards. And you're just like, Jesus, dude, this guy is like, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch. I do think he's definitely going to have a little more trouble playing against Michigan. Um, the problem is, though, are, are they going to be able to cover these three NFL receivers for four quarters? Uh, it's it's going to be tough. And I don't think Michigan, and we talked about this even this episode, they're not a team that goes out and just blows people out. They're not going to go out there and be fun and gunning and running up the score. That's just not how they work. I, I, it, if, you know, Penix and his offense, if they're able to score a few times, how often is Michigan going to be able to turn around and come back and answer? Uh, <clears throat> Michigan's going to get stops, but I think Penix is going to just, put enough on to where it's inevitable to where points are scored on the other side of it, Michigan, you know, when they're running the ball, which I guarantee they're going to try does Washington have an answer for it? Because I, you know, that they, they know that Michigan knows that they saw that they give up some, some rushing yards. Um, that's probably their weak point, And that's obviously one of Michigan's straw points. They're going to be able to run. Uh, and I guarantee they're going to do it for most of the game. So if, if Michigan keeps the, keeps, you know, time possession and is able to control the game kind of like they did against Alabama. Um, I could see Michigan winning, but cheaters never win. Ooh. I'm going with the Huskies. The The magic continues and the Penix gets that ring. Well-deserved. I do think they win. My score is going to be 31-28 Huskies. And I'm, I'm kind of just joke about the cheating. Everybody cheats. We all know everybody's trying to steal signs. But uh, I do think that just the, it, it's just going to be too hard to be able to continue to try to stop these these three receivers. Penix, what he does. Dylan Johnson, hopefully he's healthy and he can play and be a contributing factor to this. Um, but man, uh, that's that's hoping. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I could definitely see too that Michigan just absolutely pancakes <laughs> that offensive line for Washington and it turns into a long night. So we'll see. Dude, I, Clint, I'm with you in in a lot of ways, especially when it comes to like just just being able to see like easily see this this going both ways. As a football guy watching both games again in this type of game, the national championship, I really want to leave Michigan. I just think that O line, that D line. The thing is, if they open up the playbook, like again, if that's not them, that's not them. But but. McCarthy's got an arm. He can make plays. I know they don't have as dynamic of receivers as Washington. Not a lot of teams do. But Corm has, hasn't been stopped yet. You know he's getting the ball. Again, you Clint brought up a good point. 
you should have all your focus on Quorum, especially on fourth and two, and you let him leak out the backfield. Um, even with that, the D line pressure, Alabama was able to stay in the game and, and honestly had a chance to win it. Um, Washington's offense is way better than Alabama's. I think I think we could all agree on that. Penix is way more polished um, and, and has weapons. And in a panicky moment, you can throw the ball up and you then you got a 50-50 ball. The football guy in me wants to say Michigan based on the style of play. But I'm getting the same feeling I had last week about Washington and just that Penix to Adunzier mm-hmm. and, and the other guys, that connection, that it, it's almost, it's it's like more risky. Like it's not as safe to not run the ball and to throw the ball as much as they do. But they're 14-0. They beat Oregon twice. They beat Texas. They have a hell of a resume. Uh, I really like what the coaching staff's doing. Um, I'm going to go 34-32 Washington. I think it's going to be a hell of a game. And I think that Michigan's going to open up the playbook a little too late. I think they're going to get pressure on Penix. I think Penix is going to make some Heisman-esque plays, um, some crazy plays and pull them out of it. And I don't think it's going to be one of those games where it's... I think they're going to be like, damn, you know what? That was just a hell of a play by that guy. Got to got to hats off type thing. Um, so I didn't expect us to go three for three on Washington again. That was not my plan, especially bringing you in here, Austin. <laughs> I wasn't trying to set you up for for a fight. You guys aren't here in person with him, so if I take any physical abuse, I will gladly pass it on next time I see you. Um, but yeah, that's just I, I'm going with my gut, man. I'm going with my gut. I, I had to go with my gut all year and it worked out in a lot of ways when it comes to football picks so I'm going to stick with it I'm going to go Washington close game um, and give me the Huskies to win the Pac-12 uh, a championship in their last year uh, so I don't know Austin how, how... you guys are really making me do my uh, Lee Corso moment on my first time on the pod not so fast, <laughs> yeah, not so fast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do have one question though Dude, if you would have I... had a Husky uh, not a Husky What's Michigan? A Wolverine. Yeah. If you had had a headgear or something, helmet. Um, let me ask one question. He's actually just going to stab before. you with a knife. <laughs> before I get My into, bad. Be, Go ahead, be, buddy. Before I get, before I get into Michigan at all, would you guys say that Alabama has a better defense or Washington has a better defense? Mm. I haven't Washington. I haven't watched Washington play enough defense to know. I just know the few players in Alabama. I would, I would give a slight edge to... Well, I don't know. A slight edge to Bama, I would say. It, it depends what Washington defense shows up. That Oregon, when they played in the Pac-12, that defense is better than Bama's defense. But See, it, I don't know if that I, defense will show up. I, I think that right there is the reason why I'm comfortable in picking Michigan. You asked what team is going to show up on defense. I know what team is going to show up on Michigan on their offense and their defensive side. Um, I got to go with the Jim Harbaugh appointed greatest college quarterback in Michigan history, JJ McCarthy. Um, I will say, I feel like in the game, our X factor is going to be Donovan Edwards, our backup running back. Uh, we like to do a lot of wrinkles with him when it comes to a halfback pass or some sort of double reverse. So, uh, don't be shocked if, uh, you see his name more than you usually would in a normal Michigan game. Um, I definitely have respect for Washington, and I am a little worried about the great receivers and quarterback, but I've seen it before when we beat C.J. Stroud and company the last two years. So the fact that I think our defense has seen this type of offense before, we won't be as uh, shell-shocked by it as other teams may be. Because, I mean, 
I guess you could say Oklahoma in the Big 12 with Texas, but really, are we going to say Oklahoma just because they're a, you know, a high-powered offense? So, you know, I think we're going to control the clock really well with Corum. We, our running backs go three deep, so I'm not worried about that. Um, I think if we can just keep the clock rolling, I think my final score prediction is 34-28 Michigan with a defensive stop at the end, whether that be a pick or a sack. Um, I have a lot more that I could say, but uh, I got to go with Michigan and be the uh, lone star here. Yeah, I, I, you actually brought I'm, up a point I, I bought, meant to bring up about, I think it's going to be what quarterback makes the least mistakes, right? So if McCarthy obviously almost threw that pick early on. Um, I, I say whatever quarterback throws the most picks is probably going to be the one that loses the game, if they throw any picks at all. But I think that turnovers are going to come at a premium. And if you can get an extra possession on somebody, that's going to be big time, especially going going late into the game. So, Austin, I heard you say McCarthy's like, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Um, Har- Harbaugh no said Harbaugh it. Who said, do you think is your Bra- best? Brady b- backed him up. Harbaugh oh, said Harbaugh, I didn't know Harbaugh said that. Harbaugh he said, said and Brady okay. said no doubt. Um, I got you. Who, who do you think is y'all's actual best player in your mind? On the team? Yes. Um, so are you saying on our team or like the guy that maybe translates best to the NFL? Cause I can go a lot of different ways. The guy that I would say is Colston Loveland, our tight end. Honestly, I mean that okay. kid, whenever he gets toward- in the, whenever he gets in the game, I can't just dis- disregard, uh, Blake Horm, obviously for sure, but that's kind of the trendy answer. I'd probably say, uh, Colston Loveland, he didn't do a lot against Bama, but, uh, he was crucial in the, uh, Iowa game and the Ohio State game. He's a uh, very versatile tight end. And then on defense, watch out for Will Johnson. I would not be shocked if Will Johnson uh, picks Penix off once or twice. Twice? Jesus. Well, he he <laughs> yeah. uh, jumped around in the Ohio State game against Marvin Harrison and t- almost took it back to the house. <clears throat> Obviously, twice may be ridiculous, but uh, he will be yeah, definitely... But... He'll, be gar- he'll be guarding the premium receiver. If you guys I'm pick, sh- If you guys pick Penix off twice... You guys are winning this game. You are, yeah. You deserve the win if you do that. Yeah, I agree. I, I'll go well, ahead. I, I'll go ahead. I, I'll, I like I'll call two I like that answer. We'll give up two. Tu- we're gonna get. We're gonna get two turnovers. It would be a pick and a fumble, I believe. All right. Okay. Um, I like that answer though. And Loveland actually has led y'all in receiving in four games this year, so that's actually mm-hmm. a pretty good answer. But um, I'm I, my question. I said that because I think, like you said, the trendy answer is Corum. I personally think Corum's got a take up some slack for McCarthy in this game. And I know the trendy answer for this game would be, okay, it's going to be a quarterback battle. JJ McCarthy's got to play out of his mind. He's going to be called upon, like Clint, you said, to keep up with Washington's offense. When Washington goes up 14 to three or whatever, if it happens, like what is McCarthy going to do? I, I really think Corum's got to show up this year. He hasn't been crazy, you know, good. He's just been, he's, I mean, his stat line, 25 rushing touchdowns is an insane amount of touchdowns, but Yardage-wise, and just being super explosive, I haven't seen that this this year. Um, and again, I haven't watched every Michigan game because the schedule at the beginning of the year especially was not worthy of watching in my mind. But I would need to see Corum, I think, in the key in my mind is seeing Corum run for close to 150 yards. I personally think he's your best player. But that's not how we play. We haven't asked him to run that for 150 true. yards. I mean, he's our, I mean, honestly, last game against Bama, that's the be- most explosive runs I've seen him have all year. 
and I know he has it in him, but that's just how we play. We're like, if we can run for the ball, run the ball three to four yards every play, it will beat you. So I agree he needs to have a good game and he needs to, you know, keep on to the ball. And he's he's going to get a touchdown. But uh, we don't we don't need him to like break off 75 yard touchdowns. We just need him to get that first down and keep running that clock. And that's why I feel like we're going to beat Washington because we can control the clock, unlike a lot of other teams on the ground. Texas is a good running team, but they couldn't control that clock. And once they got down, they're kind of catching tail the whole time. So I believe that we'll be able to keep the clock running and uh, give Penix the least amount of chances possible to kill us in the air. I like it. I, like I, it. I can't wait. Honestly, like I think because these teams are very very different in a lot of ways that it's going to make for, uh, like Clint said, kind of the, the style of the fight, right, type thing. So, I, I do, I'm really excited for this game. Uh, pro- probably more excited in a while to, to watch a national championship game, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. You oh, should yeah. be. Got to update this hoodie, so. Oh, man. This is, oh, this is going to be good. Good to know oh, I'm yeah. down. I'm three to one against y'all. So uh, I'll take all. Be- I'll take all open bets if, uh, if they want it. I've retired. I mean, you're confident. I'm sure you're confident going into TCU too. So I don't know. We'll see. True. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> hey, listen, dude. If one dude picks off Penix twice, I will personally call you. Be like, dude, I'm an idiot. You're right. <laughs> no, twice may have been a, a overreaction, but uh, like I said, I know Will Johnson ran the route for Marvin Harrison in the Ohio State game, so. If he could do it against Marvin, I know he could do it against a Dunes or Polk. And that that's I agree. However, there's three guys. Not one 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 guy's not gonna be able to cover three. So Do you want a defensive X factor then? Sure, yeah. Mike Sanders still, former wide receiver for Michigan. Okay. He's been kind of the leader of our defense in that secondary, not named Will Johnson. And mm-hmm. he's just always near the ball on those edge plays. And uh, I think their experience as a receiver really helps you as a defensive back. So uh, I think he's going to make a, a splash play potentially. Now, is he back there because he can't catch the ball? I think uh, at the time our wide receiver room was – he has like four or five picks this year, I believe. No, I'm joking. That's just – that was no, always but, uh, the joke. You know? I believe at the time we, we still had Xavier Worthy actually on our uh, team, mm. I, I believe. Not going to lie. I did not know he was on your team. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was uh, with us his freshman year. Then he just didn't – he couldn't get on the depth chart with Michigan. I don't know how. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, Roman Wilson's a great uh, wide receiver, but I mean, I can honestly say I don't think any of our receivers are going to start for Washington. I would say that. No. I mean, they did late bloomers, man. We've seen some late bloomers at the receiver position yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, so there's that. Oh, man. You guys got anything else before we wrap this thing up? Listen, shout out to one of the best college football playoffs we've seen in many years. Yes. Yes. So, as, as it ends. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, not in, but, you know, ends as we know it. But I think I saw something that said this was, it had the highest viewer count since yeah, year one of the college football playoff. So, I mean, that's awesome. I get there's a lot of controversy around this this year and who got in, who didn't, scandals, whatever. Uh, but apparently it makes for great TV and not just people watching the game, but it turned out to be two amazing games where it was, it came down to like the last player or two. So, uh, uh, it, it's good to see. It's good for football. We just need to kind of fix the other parts of it where bowl games actually have something similar. We don't have Georgia beating a team by a, a 
some kind of basketball score. So, well, yeah, well, that that was the same <laughs> score of the championship game last year, though. I think we Almost. can kind of uh, all yeah. agree that the bowl season was a snooze fest this year. Terrible. Uh, just doesn't have the it same was, luster yeah. as it did before, and I think the twelve team playoff is going to really help that help. overall. Yeah. But otherwise, sure. they need they, they need to will. do something with bowl games that you're not going to have guys opt out. And I don't know what that's going to be, but I mean. Florida State. I mean, Georgia's you not a sixty-point better team. You want to be here when I talk about my team. new league? Yeah, dude. <laughs> Jacob, Jacob's got a whole new league, and I'm telling you what, it's phenomenal. As long as it's away from the NCAA, It'll fix I'm all the problems. Oh yeah, no, it's his own. It's his own thing. Yeah. It, it needs. Well, oh, college, no college football needs to be away from the NCAA. Off the record, I'll give you a couple hints about it. But hey, Clint, to your point, I saw yeah, Texas uh, or I'm sorry, Michigan, Bama had like twenty-two point seven million. It was like top ten telecastic of all time from any show. Game. Really. Anything. Yeah. Oh man. There you go. Yep. Go blue. <laughs> so I got three more things, and then we, we we're out of here. One, I just saw Will Shipley just declared for the NFL draft. So Clemson, we're losing him, which we kind of expected. Um, but secondly, this uh, the last time both of these teams have won a national championship, Michigan was 1998, and then Washington was 1991. So this will be a you know over 25 years for both teams. Um, my third and last thing is who do you think needs this national championship more in the current state of football, college football? Uh, I think college football needs it to be Michigan. It depends on what you need. Like, like Michigan, Michigan as a, as a school needs it because they can get off the Ohio state shit. Harbaugh needs it, not coaching six games. Washington needs it because they're not known as a football powerhouse and wonders that would do for Kalen DeBoer and the, and the program as a whole, especially going into the, the Big Ten, but yeah, man, I think yeah, you're right. If you're a if you're a not that close of a college football fan outside in, I think most people would say Michigan just for for the branding. Uh, I know this isn't an NFL pod, but uh, do you guys have any idea what uh, Jim Harbaugh is going to do? Do you guys have any thoughts on if he's going to stay, go? I kind of have my thoughts, but I want to hear what you guys thought. We, we talked about it the last one. Um, a little bit. I forget all what we said. I think if he wins an Addy, he's gone. He's accomplished it. He wants to put up with the bullshit after that. That that was going to be something I I was going to say we contribute to Michigan needing this more because this this might be the best chance for a while. Uh, well, we'll see. How, if Harbaugh stays, uh, obviously that's a different story. But if he leaves, you know that's that's going to look a lot different, um, especially with the transfer portal. You never know what's going to happen to that team. So uh, I think Michigan needs it one because of that, two because. Uh, Winning championships is the kind of the expectation of Michigan. It's not at Washington. So obviously right. Washington would love to have it, but Michigan for the sake of football, like you mentioned, kind of needs this one. Yeah, I would I say a, both of these teams is going to be harder in the coming future, especially being in the Big Ten, because there's going to be, you know, four new big teams coming into the Big Ten. It's going to make it harder for the regular season to finish with just no win or no losses or one loss. Um, so it's going to be harder for both teams, but I personally think for Washington, because Michigan, even if they lose Harbaugh, they may go down, you know, and not be a top five team for the next couple of years, but they will be back. They're a perennial powerhouse in college football. They always will be there. Washington's been one that goes up, comes down, goes up, come down. They've made the playoff, what, back in 2014, 15, 16, somewhere around there. Um, and then they, they fell off and then they kind of have come back and they may fall off again for a good while. So I personally think Washington needs it more because when will they have an offense this good again? When will anybody have an offense this good again? Uh, Michigan will be back in my mind, you know, year in, year out kind of deal. So just wondering what you 
that's the biggest volatility with this transfer pool. I mean, your team could be in the playoff one year and then you're not even in the top 25 next year, depending on what happens mm-hmm. to your staff and team. I mean, you're right. If Harbaugh leaves, we yeah. could lose 20, 30 guys to the portal. I have no idea. And I think yeah. no team does at this yeah. point. Yeah, you really never know. I mean, if Saban leaves Bama, how many are they losing? I mean, they, I think they lost seven or eight today. Oh, I know. That's what, I know, but I mean. Oh, if Saban leaves, yeah. If Saban leaves, they're losing 30, 40. I mean, Milrow's not going to stay. I mean, it's just, that's yeah. kind of involved. And, and I don't yeah. know if that's good or bad for college football, but that's probably another another question for another pod. Yeah, it's, that's a whole hour-long conversation, no doubt. But, uh, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. It's uh, it's gonna be an interesting off season. I will say. Um, I mean, we haven't even had this. There's those still guys that are that are waiting to commit. So with that being said, there's still more portal mm-hmm. uh, happenings to 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 come. I'm sure once the season's over and once you know, depending on what happens with their team. So we'll see. Well, look, I, I can't wait for the games. It's gonna be, it's gonna be uh, gonna be a hell of a game, man. It's gonna um, be a bar burner for sure. Can't wait. So uh, I guess I guess next week we'll uh. We'll get to recap this, and then kind of, kind of get into recap the season, and then uh, then it's the off season. But I don't think it's going to slow down at all. I think we'll still have plenty of stuff to talk about. So if you boys don't have anything else, um, Monday night we'll have the game, and then uh, we'll catch you guys next uh, next week. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, go blue. I mean, it was, it was good to have you on, Austin. It's good to meet you too. So uh, uh, I'll be wishing you luck this week. So um, yep. We'll see. Uh, good luck, though. He, he, yep, he picked Washington. <laughs> He's cheering you luck. He picked Washington. Don't let him forget. No, it's okay. Whenever uh, we win and I come back next week, I'll have a few things to say to each one of you. So, yeah. <laughs> Listen, Wait, I'll, I'll, hey, could I'll gladly take it, too. That's right. <laughs> well, to to the only one of two Michigan fans I know in the state, Austin, appreciate you coming. Who's the other one? Um, one of my coworkers. It's, um, it's somebody it. with missing a leg and has sores <laughs> all over their body. And... Possibly. Sounds they, like they every slamming the door on them on the way out. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Clint was, was just being nice to you and just hits, hits you right back in the I got to balance oh. it out. I can't, you know. He does. He <laughs> does. It can't all be one way. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right. Awesome. <clears throat> Appreciate you coming, boys. As always, let's catch you guys next time. See you. Sure. Next time.